the question is, what should we anticipate from the hand of God? And the scripture I want to read is Ephesians 3.20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, and that is an incomplete sentence, but, but it just paints a picture of this God who can do immeasurably more than we can imagine. I told you my story that uh, I used to look at that scripture and, and I didn't have any reason to doubt the word of God, but I couldn't imagine that being true because of my imagination. You know, it's like, I know he can do that, but boy, is my imagination out there. And then we had the experience in this congregation of, of an outside deal that happened to us and so helped me, it turned out more than I had imagined. And I said, oh, that's what that means. It was just beyond what I had imagined. I had this mental picture. I was expecting God to help us. He always does. If he didn't, if he doesn't, he just better is all I've got to say. But he did help us beyond my imagination. Now, if you haven't had that yet, you may have it, and it's fun. However, remember this, that we talk about these great victories. Lord, we want these great victories. Great victories come after great struggles. And so just Kind of take it as it comes, and the Lord will build you up when you're ready for another struggle, and he'll walk with you through that. Your faith will grow, and you come out on the other side. But he is able to do more than you can imagine on this side of the struggle or on the other side of the struggle. He is able. I recently had an experience that in, in, awakened in me to seek more of God um, for both me as a person and for the community of believers uh, of which I'm a part, the experience was one of us, one of our members sharing with me a testimony of a recent healing that was instantaneous. And I'm not going to tell you that story because they're going to put it together and, and you get the full impact of it. It just blew my socks off. It was wonderful. It is measurable. It's just one of those things. Uh, and this is not beyond my imagination. I know I imagine God doing this, but he did it and he did it in us. And one of the things that stood out to me about this healing, it was it happened in a service that was just about entirely layperson led. And that brings me to you. Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verse 11 and following, it was he, that is Jesus, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. You have there the list of what are called the ministry gifts. This, the clergy people sort of fit into, into one of those five categories, and some of them have more than maybe have two of them or something like that. We don't talk much about 
apostles, not, not much about prophets. Evangelists, we do talk about pastors and teachers. And um, so that list of people are charged with this chore to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up so the the ministry gifts, the clergy people are supposed to build up you so that you can do the work of the ministry. Say, what do we pay you for? To build you up. Well, I want you to go, well, we love to minister. Tell us, but our first job, according to this, is to prepare you to go. And, uh, you know, if you, it, it's like uh, Carol called the other night and said, I've got this ex-brother-in-law, blah, blah, blah. I went in the next day to the ICU, got to lead him to the Lord. Hey, that didn't make, call me anytime, you know. However, it was easier for me to get there than for Carol due to some medical stuff that's improving every day. Uh, surgeries, uh, surgery that she had. So uh, it was easier for me to get there than it was for Carol. And, but Carol could have done the very same thing any one of you could have. It was not some powerful anointing that is just above and beyond anything that you can imagine that you could ever have that, that did that. The Holy Spirit was bringing to focus prayers for a generation for this guy, and they focused that day, and I got to be there. But that's great for you, too. You will get to be there, and it will make you a little crazy. You'll want to do it again. And you'll say, like I did to whoever called you, call me anytime. (laughs) You see, because it's the work of God, and there's nothing like giving it's more blessed to give than receive. It's more blessed to give spiritual blessing than it is to receive spiritual blessing. Now, when we say it's more blessed to give than receive, we think in terms of money, and that's totally appropriate application, but it's just more blessed to give than receive. And you put whatever context in that you'd like. It's more blessed to give away the stuff that God puts in our hands and in our hearts and our lives and in our path than it is to receive course, you have to receive to give, so it just, it's just a wonderful circle of, of the blessing of God. So, this list of clergy to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. See, it, it, it's very important that we be built up. Very important. We're in a war. You can get the tar beat out of you. Okay, I won't explain what that is anymore. Well, tonight I won't. You can, you can just be beaten up by life, uh, family situation. Um, one, of these, one of these families that just lost a loved one, old, old hurts that had just been kind of pushed down and pushed aside and, and sort of were controlled by just kind of staying away from each other. They have to come together for this funeral. And it's not always fun. And so they have, two or three of them, of the, of the members of this family have requested me to pray for them for this. This is a real deal. Life will come and get you. They should have taken care of it back there. They didn't. And so it's, 
it can be brought out when, when we're raw from the grief and so forth, and um, we don't trust that person. And so if they make a suggestion about anything, we might like their suggestion, except we don't like them. So we can't like, the, you know, it just goes on. Life comes and does that, and we have to be built up so that we can, first of all, surrender ourselves to the Lord and let the Lord help us. And secondly, so that we, <laughs> listen, when he comes on us, it is, it's like the, the focus of all those prayers for, for Carol's sort of relative that came to the Lord, all those prayers forever for this guy focused in we must be there. We must be built up. And the goal of all of this building up, of all of this ministry that we do, uh, works of service, all of that is that we all reach unity in the faith, believe the same thing, unity. Unity is more accepting others as being one with us than it is unity of knowledge and unity of opinion. We, we blend our opinions about style and stuff like that in with truth. And the Word of God speaks truth. We like styles. And so we blend that together. And if somebody doesn't like our style, it's like, well, they just don't believe the Word. Well, Maybe, but probably not. They're, if they're hanging around here, they probably have quite of an open heart, quite an, an affinity for the Word of God. We may be talking about style. So here we are. We need unity, and that is not uniformity, nor is it all speaking the same thing about every style that we have, we need the unity that says, I will lay down my life for that person. I served on the Presbytery of the Southern Missouri District for a period that spanned 25 years. And uh, my spiritual experiences I have shared with you, so you sort of know where I come from. And one of the things I don't have much of is tradition. I, the Lord just jerked that out of me. He's very unceremonious about that. And you who talk about the gentle Holy Spirit, of course he's gentle if that's what he needs to be. But if it's time to pull teeth, he just gets the pliers and pulls out teeth and leaves you bleeding and crying. And so he was pulling this stuff out of me, and it was not comfortable. And I was it was stuff that I'd known and done all my life, and it was right and so all of that stuff went on well. So then, then um, you know, twenty five, thirty years after that experience, well, I'm I'm sitting on a I'm sitting on a presbytery board with guys that have not been through my experience. Nobody's been through that like I have any more than I've been through what you've been through. So those guys, some of them, and you know, I'm sitting there with the best people in the state of Missouri. Really, they're just godly faithful, hard workers, and one of them was an older guy, and uh, he he was so colorful and a great sense of humor. And every once in a while, he and I would disagree on some question that we were talking about. 
around the presbytery. But it, I had such a respect for him that there's not any way, and I think he must have made the same decision about me, there's not any way I was going to let some disagreement mess with this relationship because I'm going to enjoy this guy because he's a fun guy. He's a real deal for the work of God, loves the Lord, loves the Word, sold out, not about pulling stuff in here. It's about the work of God, and he was a real deal. And it, I laughed at myself because we were so different in our style, okay? But there was no one around that table that I loved or respected more. He's just absolutely a champ. He is, he is now deceased. Boy, that guy was something. And I just loved serving with him. And we might disagree, but it was great. And so that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. It's a commitment of love to be one. And if you're not big enough to do that, ask the Lord to grow you because that's the will of God and the love of Jesus Christ just does that. It just happens. So we come, we got the unity of the faith. That's believing the same thing and the unity uh, of being together. And then we have the knowledge of the Son of God. We talk about having Christ formed in us, knowing Jesus we talk about Romans eight twenty eight. all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. We talk about that. Then we say the next verse says what all this stuff working together, what the good is. It is that he, that Christ may be formed in us so that he might become the firstborn in a family of many brothers and sisters. Here it is. Okay, so here we have Christ being formed in us. We need to know Jesus. Uh, this, is, this is a mysterious thing in the spirit world uh, in the sense that it doesn't, it doesn't lend itself to our, our fleshly understanding. But it is marvelous because if you just hang with the Lord, worship Him, open yourself to the Word, watch what God does this is the coolest deal. Watch what he does forming Jesus in you. And you hang around him, and before you know it, you know more about him than you knew before. You know more about yourself. You're able to take what you know about yourself more and give it to the more that you know about Jesus so that it's a continual consecration. It's a continual growing. It's a continual revelation. It's good. And that's the plan that we... Uh, could come until we become mature. How mature? Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Is that mature enough for you? <laughs> the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. You say, oh, I could never be like Jesus. I, I think that, that that's, and that would be my response too. I think that we are really misinformed about the power of God. There's a disconnect because we believe God created the universe with a word. Most of us believe that. He just spoke it, and it was. When he said, let there be light, there was light between here and those, uh, those stars that it takes years and years and years 
for the light to even get here. Uh, so that he said, don't there light? And then he created those bodies, but the light was already, anyway, it's fun. If you just look at that and start seeing, this is the power of God. And then we say, and my problems in myself are greater than his power. Now, that doesn't make sense. That is a disconnect. Don't do that. Begin to just say, Lord, I don't see how you're going to do it. I am very impressed with my uh, stubbornness, my backing down from your good stuff. I, I, I don't like it when I get in trouble and I, and I do the wrong thing instead of the right thing. But I guess I'm going to have to say to you, Lord, that I believe you're able to form the fullness of Jesus Christ in me, in spite of me. And I want to cooperate with that almost all the time. <laughs> and we work on getting more of ourselves into that. It, is, it has been interesting that in the last few months, I have found some stuff in my, in my heart. I, I, this is not the cardiac region, okay? But uh, the center of, of, my, of my thinking about God that we say in our heart, um, I have found a little progress. And it's like, whoa, because, of course, the enemy always whispers, well, that's not going to happen. You know, it's not, you, you, or really, he usually puts it in the first person, me. And, it's, and I believe God, but but he projects thoughts that sound like mine, and so forth. And this is the this is the universal experience of Christians. The enemy is faithful to hassle us, but God is so much larger. And is so much greater, and his promises are secure that there's not a contest between Satan and God. It's like between us and Satan, and what we need to do, and, and please use worship to do this, we need to put our thoughts on the Lord and start praising God. I, I uh, enjoy Facebook for several reasons. One of them is that a bunch of my cousins, uh, first cousins and then more distant cousins are on Facebook. So if they put up something, I get to see what's going on. One of my first cousins lost a grandbaby that was about five, their first grandchild. Uh, she had asthma and, you know, just they had learned to get along with that fine. And she just had an attack and never pulled out of it. And it just killed them. And that was, this was two years ago today. And he's still just raw. And, of course, I'm praying for him, but I'm thinking, okay, my buddy, if you would look at that pain and, and cry it and deal with it for a little while and then say, okay, I'm going to start praising the Lord, he would get relief. It does work. Now, when you, when you have a death and you need to cry, cry, wail. Uh, if you were Middle Eastern that you could do that, I, I read, when you read the scripture and it says they were, they were weeping, that means they were raising the roof. That's what they did in that culture. They just wailed loudly. And you can imagine somebody with a voice as loud as mine, if they just decided to let go and wail, everybody around would know it. But 
when we turn our thoughts to the Lord and just begin to do that, it, it gives relief, it gives release, and I want us to do this in this business of the fullness of the measure of Christ and then all of these crazy things that happen. You can fall and nearly break both legs. Uh, you, you know, weird things can happen to us. So what do we do? Well, we deal with the grief and all that stuff and look at it and acknowledge it and we acknowledge the pain and and then we start moving it toward the Lord and you move it to the Lord and your heart lightens up, your fear dissipates. It's wonderful. I recommend it. <laughs> so the challenge to us is to take God at his word. Is he able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. That used to just spook me, that scripture. There's just a few scriptures that did that to me, and this is one of them. And it's, that's John 14, 12. But greater works than Jesus did are quite possible if the Holy Spirit is real. It's not going to be about my righteousness because uh, I like that line in Scripture somewhere. I don't remember just where it is. It's about being free from righteousness, you know, and it's like I identify with that. But the Lord just can do what needs to be done, whatever is whatever is needed. So he can do the greater things. He's going to the Father. He sits there to um, pray for us. Well, let me just read this list that I, I have. Um, Jesus is able to do this. How can he say that? Because he defeated Satan on the cross. And his victory becomes ours as we put our faith in him. He can say that because he is at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us day and night. We, he can say that because the presence and power of the Holy Spirit indwells us as believers, and that's the Spirit that created the universe. Our response, or God's response to our prayers as we pray in the name of Jesus is what he was talking about. He can do this greater works business, and God has given each of us a measure of faith. You don't have to have a lot of faith. You have to have your eyes on Jesus and have a little faith in him. And if your faith is coming up short, ask him to help your unbelief. You know, one of my favorite stories is the guy whose son was demonized and Jesus just put it on him because the guy didn't have the faith he needed. Sometimes Jesus messed with faith. Sometimes he just healed them and they didn't even know who he was. So it wasn't about their faith. But in this case, it was time to teach him and the crowd. And so he says, if you can believe all things are possible. And the guy said, I do, but I don't have enough. Can you help me? And you know what happened to his son? Total deliverance. Fall in humility at the feet of the Lord. He will not kick you while you're down. He will pick you up and put enough faith in you to get what you're dying to get what you're crying out. Hallelujah. Oh, church, Jesus can say greater works because it's, it's not a big deal to the Holy Spirit. 
not a big deal. He has given us the faith to believe for these God-sized answers. And so I want three things. I want to play down how little I know and to play up what God has shown of himself to me when I was in trouble, when I was just, he, he chose the time to make a revelation to me. And you've had those moments in your life when he's touched you and you were never the same. I've heard so many of you talk about those moments. Oh, friend, play those over and over and over and over and over in your, in your mind because that will strengthen this. And it's not about how little we know. It's, it's just about his provision. The second thing um, we need to play down is how small we are, how powerless. And of course, if it's going to be righteousness, we know that we're powerless, okay? I've, I mentioned the scripture a while ago that talks about being free from righteousness. But, and I love that. I laugh at that because it, it's like, that's the way I've seen myself so many times through my, through my life. But the fun part is that he is the one who takes us and walks us along and fills us up so that it's not about us and our power. And if the Holy Spirit is the power involved, is there a power shortage? And I don't know how to get that released all the time, but I'm working on it. And when I get a little more insight, I'll share it with you because it is the will of God for us to release more and more of the power. You remember uh, the last few months I've talked about when you go and talk to people about healing, please don't put on them any kind of guilt trip about their faith or lack of it. Just go heal them. Just take the power of God and heal them. Uh, if the Holy Spirit wants to set up a teaching thing, he can set that up and do it in, in their own heart, probably without us. And that way we don't crush people by making them feel guilty on top of the fact that they're about to croak. That's, that, that's rude. Don't do that. Heal them. So I put that on myself. It's like, well... You want them to have more faith? Go heal them. They'll have more faith. You know, and it's just that that's my word to me. And if I had the nerve, I'd put that word on you. And it's not about what we do or even should do, but it's about the love of Jesus Christ that comes in and puts his arms around us. Are you loved by God? Does he give a rip? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Forever put away the doubt that God loves you. Go back to John 3.16. Don't go anywhere else. Just go to John 3.16 and the truth that that embodies. You are loved. You are special. You are the one that God has called. You are the one that he not only wants to heal all the stuff that's busted in you, fill you up with himself, you are the one he wants to fill up with this other stuff to take and give away to do the work of the ministry. It is you. Now, 
I stop when I say that so often because I sat there and I was able to just let that go with ease. I'm good at it because I'm just not worthy. Oh, what a rotten thing to do to the promises of God that I, I, I am a master at it. And with all of my heart, I have for years now I've been trying to stop that. Don't do that. I say to myself. Accept the promises of God. Hallelujah. 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 Let's just lift our hearts and praise the Lord for a minute here. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for this. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. You are worthy. You, O oh God, are our helper, and we belong to you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. 